What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Pinelli Podcast. I am your host, Peyton Nelson, a.k.a. Pinelli, and I just finished up a great podcast slash interview with my good friend, Ben Gilbertson. He's a wrestler here at St. John's. We talked everything about being a collegiate wrestler to Minnesota sports to a lot of UFC talk, considering that UFC 285 is this weekend, and we talked about our picks and whatnot, and he's very mindful, very smart about UFC, knows a lot. So um, if that's stuff that interests you, make sure you stick around for this whole podcast. Also, I did try to use this blue snowball microphone to record the podcast, plugged it into my laptop. Turns out I didn't have it set up right, and the sound quality is a little funky, I think. Trying to figure it out on Audacity, um, but if the sound quality isn't the greatest, that's just because, you know, like I said, I rented this microphone. Didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but, you know, trial and error. We're going to keep on uh, keep on trying new things. Going to order some podcast equipment here soon. Um, Yesterday night, I posted a Q&A. So I wanted to answer those quick before we get into the podcast interview with Ben. The first question I got was from my lovely girlfriend, Savannah. She asked me my thoughts on Anthony Edwards being an all-star this year. And I, th- I my answer to that question is it's well-deserved. Get used to it. That man is a freaking baller. Um, he should have been announced all first-team all-star. Um when they had made the original announcements for some reason the NBA was on some BS didn't was he wasn't an all-star all-star when they announced the lineups and everything but thankfully he got in well deserved um the next question i got is uh what is my favorite sports video game this is from my good friend uh David Roberts uh he's on the football team and uh my sp- favorite sports video game i'd have to say it's a little different than what you might think but Madden Mobile um i'm horrible at sports video games like on the xbox and stuff like terrible never really got into them nhl is pretty fun but uh madden mobile you know i used to play it a lot um i like grinding the season mode was always my favorite but um madden mobile would be my answer to that one david um i kind of want to tap into some nascar racing games i don't know they look kind of fun so maybe we'll we'll get into that a little bit but then the next question i got is from my younger brother ben nelson he said what is my favorite sport to watch um i'll divide these up into two categories i'd say favorite sport to watch on tv would have to be ufc you know you just never know what's going to happen keeps you at the edge of your seat you know anything can happen at any point in time of the the match so i'd say favorite sport to watch on tv is ufc i'd say favorite sport to watch in person it's tough um i would say either basketball or hockey because i've experienced the hockey playoff atmosphere before and it's insane the playoff basketball atmosphere is pretty insane too um I'm, for now, I'm going to go with basketball just because I've seen so much basketball and um, I'm that's what I'm used to watching, going and watching and covering. But um, with me getting passes to the wild game now and covering those, you know, maybe hockey might creep back up there. We'll see once the wild go to the playoffs, if they go to the playoffs, which, you know, we're hoping, fingers crossed. But I would have to say right now, basketball, just because it gets so electric, especially at Target Center when the Wolves we're in the playoffs last year, the playing game, man, those were some of the best memories I have of just covering sporting events as a whole. I also, I wanted to talk about, I'm going to Texas next week. Um, so we're going to be covering the Dallas stars for a game. We're going to be actually going to an XFL game. Going to try to get a lot, all the interviews I can possibly get at the very least going to be uploading some vlog content. So stay tuned. Um, appreciate you guys tapping into the podcast. Let's get into it. we are here ben gilbertson thanks for coming on um first thing i kind of want to start off with is just kind of like pick your brain about wrestling like what age did you kind of start wrestling started at age three was brought into uh youth wrestling practice with my dad um he was one of the youth wrestling coaches in st cloud area and i don't know just kind of just came about it i i mean he didn't really give me wrestling shoes he just wanted me to you know, dick around or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, and then, you know, a couple of years down the road, I started doing a lot more tournaments. Uh, yeah. Kindergarten, I started traveling to a little bit more tournaments here and there. Uh, when it turned into first grade, that's when we started traveling every single weekend, yeah. doing state tournaments, um, 
even tournaments in North Dakota because we got family over there. So that's when the traveling started getting or progressing a little bit more. Um, but yeah, just that's when I picked it up. And then ever since that, it's just been my lifestyle and hopefully it will be continuing my lifestyle later on. So yeah, well, that's that's amazing starting at that young of an age. It's, I feel like it's hard to stick with a sport like that, you know, at such a young age, because I know a lot of people try it and they don't stick with it. And I'm kind of fall into that, that category a little bit. And that's kind of the next, like the next question I want to ask you is what made you stick with wrestling? Like, what, what was there about it? Like, I know for me, what I liked, and I did it for a very short period of time. I liked how it was, it was hard work. It was something different that not everyone did. Yeah. Um, I easily, the best part was getting your hand raised. Yeah. I think like the the cool thing was that like it's not a team aspect, you know, with everything like you're not mm-hmm. relying on your teammates or, you know, it might be, you know, one of your teammates fault. But when you're on the mat, like it's all about you out there and, you know, you can change your you can control your destiny, whether you get your hand raised or whether you don't get your hand raised. Yeah. And I thought I just love that feeling of, you know, getting my hand raised every time I'd win a match. And that's what continued me to keep driving and pushing forward is that. You know, getting my hand raised and then going to other tournaments and seeing different kids and also getting my hand raised, getting mm-hmm. trophies and getting bobbleheads, medals, you know, all these awards and accolades that you can get out of the youth wrestling. That was so mm-hmm. such a cool factor out of it. And when did it turn for you? Like, you know, you did it, like you said, for youth, you were taking it seriously. When did you really start being like, OK, like this is what I want to do in high school and like, this is what I want to do post like high school. Was that, did you determine that at a very early age or did you have any other sports that you were playing that, you know, maybe were conflicting with oh, which one do I want to stick with? Or was it always just like wrestling from like the moment you. Yeah. Um, I did baseball when I started at 10, I was on, uh, our travel traveling squad, mm-hmm. uh, for our hometown sock rapids. But, um, yeah, there was, um, I was playing baseball. I was really good at baseball. I made a couple all-star teams, so I was really talented in baseball and both in wrestling. But, um, yeah, I always just loved wrestling, and then I ended up quitting baseball my freshman year due to – I just didn't like the coach. He was kind of yeah. a dick. So I just That's didn't – school baseball. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, I just, like, wasn't getting the playing time, wasn't getting the opportunities. I was like, well, you know, like, why am I still going to do this? So mm-hmm. decided to quit that. was do- doing cross-country to keep me in shape. But nice. uh, eventually wrestling – was going to be the ultimate goal, mm-hmm. even post-college. I always wanted to be a college athlete. Yep. You see on ESPN, you see nat, you know, the Division One championships, and these guys are on you know, ESPN. They're on the national stage, and they're going out there, and they're competing, and it's cool to just see them being on national TV yeah. and being able to go out and show their best stuff and then getting their hand raised and then being the national champion, mm-hmm. being the best in the country. And I thought that was such a cool atmosphere that – I wanted to do that in college, no matter what division. I mean, ultimately, Division One was kind of the goal. Yeah. But as high school progressed and I wasn't getting the results, mm-hmm. you know, D3, I don't care if it's D3, D2, JUCO, NAIA, but mm-hmm. like any division or any college level is, is, is crazy. Impressive. It's, it's funny that you say that because I've heard other people say that on different podcasts. I've heard other <laughs> athletes say that. And like, I feel like to for you to really, truly understand understand that statement is you have to like play a collegiate sport to understand it because i know people will look at it oh it's d3 it's this that but it's like it's still a grind and, and you you uh, people don't realize and i didn't realize this until my or until doing wrestling last year was i mean they're 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 redshirt freshmen but you still are wrestling division one uh wrestlers you yeah know, you know because we had the tournament here last year i know it wasn't ndsu here yeah freshman class was here and um, Iowa, I think it was the Cyclones were here too. Yep, well. Iowa State. And um, I just, I didn't, that was something I didn't know. And like I said, I know it's, you know, the freshman, but it's still, you're wrestling a Division One athlete. You yeah. Which is pretty crazy. And I just, I think that the, like the label of having like D3, it, it doesn't, it doesn't do it justice at all because people don't really realize what goes into it. Like the, the long car drives, or, you know, all that crazy stuff. And so I, um, Wow, the neighbor's uh, fire alarm's going off. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a reoccurring thing. My bad, I got a little sidetracked from that. But um, yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted to talk about that too as well as just kind of the grind from like, you know, you going from high school to the collegiate level, like what did you, what's the biggest difference that was happened for you? Because you're a junior now and you have two years, of, two years more of eligibility. But what was the biggest thing for you your freshman year? Like that jump from, High school to college. 
Um, good question. I it's just like how much more like devoted of time you have to have mm-hmm. in high school. You can kind of get away with you know your talent. If you have mm-hmm. a lot of talent, you can get away with winning a lot of matches mm-hmm. in high school, and that goes with every other sport. You know, like talent really is beating out like the amount of hard work you put in because. Yeah. You know, you're still growing, you're still going through puberty and whatnot. So and talent trumps over everything. But yeah. once you get into college, it's the amount of hard work that you put in, the amount of lifting, the amount of extra time that you put in, that's what's going to separate, mm-hmm. you know, the guys getting their hand raised versus the guys that aren't going to get their hand mm-hmm. raised. And I realized that my freshman year, just kind of walking in, you know, nonchalantly thinking, you know, St. John's not really a notorious good program, but... Mm-hmm. It is, you know, I wanted to prove myself out there, you know, try to get a starting spot. Yeah. But when I walked in there, I got my ass beated by every single person out there. Even my freshman class, like, I'd go into the practice room and I'd get the shit kicked out of me every single day. And then realizing to myself that, like, if I want to start winning matches and start, you know, seeing some progress, I have to put in extra amount of time in the off season, mm-hmm. even during the season, like putting in 15, 20 minutes extra every single day on top of lifting. Like that's what's going to separate the losers and the winners in college wrestling, which is crazy. But that goes along with all these other college sports too. I, yeah, I agree. I think with, with high school, it's like, you know, I, I tried just about every sport in the book. I, I tried soccer. Well, I did soccer. That was my main sport. Football, um, I had a wrestling, I had a track, I had a baseball. And, you know, once you get to the college level, you, being a dual athlete, it, it can't, it's, it, you can do it. There are people that do it, but, like, you got to really devote the time. And that's one thing I noticed, too, is that, like, you know, you guys start your captain's practices early. You guys are on the lifting program in the summer. Like, I know we were talking about before, you know, you were driving to, was it the day one training program that's up here? Yep. So you're, you're you know, it's a year-round thing for you. Yeah. And... I, it, it is it, it is no joke. I, I, I agree with that. I know that in high school, you know, there'd be people that would go to like pinnacle classes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I feel like, you know, in high school wrestling, it was like, unless it was your main sport, it was like, okay, like that season's over on to the next, like whatever you have in the spring or, you know, focusing on football. Yeah. Um, but what's like kind of one of your like, like favorite parts about college wrestling, like here at St. John's just, like, you got any, like, funny stories or anything like that that's just, like, just fun times just at tournaments or, like, the bus rides or just stuff like that? Like, is there anything you can kind of recall? Maybe not your favorite story, but one that just kind of comes to Oh, mind. for sure. I I mean, recently, over Christmas break, we got to travel in RV to Florida. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. That was a grind and a half. And that was, you know, 26 and a half hours of constant driving. Wow. <laughs> we left the, the day after Christmas Day. Or yeah, at the twenty six, and we were mm-hmm. so we drove down to Florida, we wrestled, and then we stopped on our way back to Nashville. Mm-hmm. So we got to experience, or at least my, myself, and then um, the assistant coach and um, a couple of teammates. We went to Broadway, which was really cool. Yeah, just going out there and seeing the scenery and whatnot. And there was so much country music and whatnot. And I remember uh, uh, one time where me and uh, Julian, we were walking out uh, from one of the bars after we mm-hmm. were just sitting there playing darts and whatnot, and I was like, "Man, I'm I'm fucking hungry. Like, are you <laughs> hungry right now?" And so we stopped at this like hot dog spot, and like I go in there and I'm trying to like I don't have any cash on me, so I'm trying mm-hmm. to pay with my card. Card's not working, and all these mm-hmm. all these guys are just like, "Come on, like hurry the fuck up, like let's go, let's go to the, let's hit the next spot." But I'm trying to get my hot dog because I'm super hungry right now, mm-hmm. and so uh, it's funny because Dan he comes up and he you know, ends up paying my hot dog. And yeah. I'm like, well, I feel bad. Like, I'll go buy, you know, the next round or whatnot. Yeah. I ended up not paying a single dollar wow. at all. Uh, we had um, one guy, our teammate Julian, he ended up buying like three rounds or whatnot. And then, really? you know, a couple of their buddies were buying rounds, but I ended mm-hmm. up squeaking away with buying wow. nothing. So, yeah. So, so you're telling me the 26-hour drive was worth it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And then, like, the wrestling part, too. That was so mm-hmm. much fun. I... Like getting out because we got there a day early, so we got to experience like you know Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. as a, you know as a free day, and so we went on a run, got to hang out by the pool, um, go walk. We went and walked to grab some food because it's mm-hmm. within walking distance, so yeah. that was really cool. And it's just beautiful weather too. And you guys stayed in the hotel, right? You didn't just yeah. No, we stayed in the hotel, but the the stops that we made, so we stopped in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. 
on the way down because there's so much traffic there. So we stayed, I stayed in the RV. So we like locked the doors because we were in yep. this like shitty part of Atlanta. Yeah. So locked everything. We stayed there overnight. And it was cool because they had the national championship going on oh, at the really? same time too. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it was, I think it was in Georgia if I'm not, like State Here. Farm. Is that, was that in Georgia? No, no, that's in uh, Arizona. That, they played it at, in, at Arizona, but um, they were probably playing the game to go to it, maybe. Okay, yeah. Was it? I don't know. I don't really remember. I, I'm, that seems like a long time ago. I know. We were near national championship time, yeah. but yeah. Probably one of the playoff games is what I'm going to guess. No, for sure. Oh, frick, because they, who did Georgia play? They played someone like. Michigan? Was it Michigan? Yes, we saw a bunch of Michigan Michigan okay. fans and a bunch yeah. of Georgia fans around the area, which mm-hmm. was super cool because everyone was decked out on the gears talking about the game and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I have no sentimental value because, yeah. you know, Minnesota sports, they just break your heart yeah. every mm-hmm. single year. Exactly. Yeah, the Gophers <laughs> might beat Wisconsin, and that's the best they're going to do. Yeah, I get the axe and whatnot. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, yeah, being a Minnesota yeah. fan is just That's tough. a whole other podcast. <laughs> honestly, but... No, exactly. Yeah, I was just looking at the Go- Minnesota Gophers basketball record and they're seven and 20 yeah, one win in their conference them, man yeah I, you know i my dad always says this he doesn't know how they they're not bad because think about minnesota basketball the talent we've minnesota basketball has produced I, I don't know if you follow it super closely i don't follow nba super closely but i know that they've produced um we got tyus jones who's in the nba his brother trey jones who's in the nba which i remember watching them in high school they actually beat our school champa park I think two years in a row to win the uh, the state championship. Oh shit! Um, there was another dude on the I don't know his name, but there's another guy on um, there's another guy on the uh, I'm blanking out. What's John Rand's team? The Grizzlies. Another guy on the Grizzlies from Minnesota. Um, who else is there? McKenley Wright. He's been bouncing around G League NBA a little bit. Um, I know we had Theo John who went to uh, Champa Park High School. Same with McKenley Wright, but he. Uh, just finished his fifth year at Duke last year. So Minnesota produces these great players. I'm sure there's more that I'm not. Gary Trent Jr., another one that's in the NBA. Jalen Suggs and Chet yep, Holgram. Yeah. So I just don't understand how is Minnesota not recruiting some of these people? Is it because the program's bad? Is it, you know, something when they're within their recruitment that's a problem? Because I don't think it's that long until St. Thomas comes in and passes them. They're getting a new arena. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, I don't know. Minnesota, it's it's frustrating the basketball it's a little frustrating because like as much as like you know everyone including myself kind of shits on minnesota sports i want to see them do well but they just don't give you any reason to like have any hope of like hey we're gonna we're doing well this year i'm thinking you know if i had to bet my life i would say the wild would be the first to win a championship oh yeah out of all the teams i mean the twins have won one you know whatever but I'm talking about like recently, yep. and I think maybe the Wild, but even them, that you know, they're they're winning and they're losing, they're winning and they're losing. Then they'll, then they'll get past the first round, and then they'll go face the Blues, and you're like, well, I guess uh, it's a, it's a loss there. I know, dude. Yeah, I I mean, I hope the Wild ends up winning a championship, but personally, I'd rather see the Twins win a yeah, World Series. That'd be fun. But I mean, they haven't won a playoff game since 2002, which is crazy. <sighs> yeah, that's a that's a stat. Right it's kind of weird. Uh, so my buddy Logan told me this. So, have you seen the movie Moneyball? Yeah, yep. So, I watched that for you know the class. team that beat the Athletics in the playoffs? Do you mm-hmm. know what team that was? Um, wasn't it the Yankees? It was the Minnesota Twins. Oh, that was that was really? their last divisional. Wow. That was their last playoff series win, last playoff win, ever since then. So they ended up beating the team with you know that breaks the record for most mm-hmm. wins consecutively, and then yep. they, they lose. Just now they've been losing ever since. So. It's tough. That's that's really tough. Yeah, I don't know. The Twins, they, they seem to keep digging themselves a deeper hole every single year. Now, baseball is so unpredictable. You know, when the Nationals won the World Series, I remember they were in last place at some point, and then all of a sudden they just, like, flipped a switch, and then they went, made a run. But, yeah, Minnesota sports is a little tough to, um, to you know, be a fan of. But, you know, I'll always be a fan of all the sports teams. They'll always be number one because it's my home. That's why I have my second teams and my sons. You know, they're looking pretty decent. Oh, the Phoenix Suns is your yeah. second team? Mm-hmm. They're looking decent. Now, they're like Minnesota, though. They gave up that 3-1 series to um, uh, to Milwaukee. So I'm, I I won't believe it. Even though they have KD, I won't believe it that they're legit until they have that trophy. Oh, that's right. They did get KD now. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So that's going to be, be a stud. I don't know when he's going to play. I don't know if he started to play yet or whatnot. Like, I, I know I, I do. Yeah, I run a sports podcast but i'm also like 
I don't I don't follow it like the the back of my hand. You know, I I do kind of follow the Wolves quite a bit. Um, they got a good win against the Clippers last night, so that was nice. But um, yeah, they're looking decent, and they'll probably be an mm-hmm. eight seed and, hopefully. Yeah, we're, we're hope, hopefully they just. I want to. So my my thing is, I want a secure playoff spot. I don't want, I don't want a. Oh, let's get the play-in game and and hope that we win. You know, like I want a secure playoff spot where I know we're gonna get a playoff series because those playoff games are fun, man. Last year, going to the the Wolves Grizzlies games. Ooh, I think I went to. I think two of them. I went to the play-in game and I went to two of the Wolves Grizzlies games. And unfortunately, I think they lost both. But and one of them was when they gave up that twenty-five point lead. I don't know oh, if you dude. remember that. Yeah. But I just, I, I they're fun. They're the playoff atmosphere is just something different. And Wolves fans, they're crazy. People don't realize that Wolves fans are are like are loyal, other than people that live in Minnesota. But like I remember driving around last year when the Wolves were making their little push in neighborhoods. They had these they had like these Wolves back like signs in people's yards that like people bought. And I was like, dang, I didn't even know this many people like. Supported the Wolves here, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like you only really see it, I feel like downtown. But I, yeah, you know. But it was that stuff was it was fun. That was a lot of fun uh, going to those games. Um, and there's nothing nothing like the playoff atmosphere. So I, I want to for sure playoffs. Yeah, That's and go back and go watch. Too, yeah, you know? no, exact. Great content yeah, right great there. Content. Yeah, you might have in one another of those blue handprint yeah, incidents. You, know, you never know. You know <laughs> I, honestly, the, I bet that is the first thing that, because I know I talked to um, the Timberwolves security guard. His name's Tony. He's like, I want to say he's like the Wolves kind of security guard. He's like the Wolves. I want to almost call him a mentor because he, I think he's the one that checks in on the players, uh, making sure they're in by curfew. I believe I could be wrong, but he's a super nice guy. He's the one that like anytime there's a fight, he's out there. Like he's out there. I've talked to him. He used to be a Minneapolis cop, and he's super cool. And I remember when there was um, the the glue girl stuff happened. He he was the one that was carrying her. Like if you go back and look up the incident um, when the girl did it in uh, Memphis, and like she like chained her like self to the hoop. Yeah. He like was the one that ripped it off, and like and there's other security guards helping her. And like, just picked her up and just brought her out. Holy he, dude, he's super cool. He's uh, he's like James Bond, man. He's very he, when he's at the game, he's strictly business. He's sitting there, and and I'll try to get a video next time. I'd like to actually interview him, but you, you watch. I I'll get a video anytime there's any little like scuffle. He's standing up and he's at the edge of the court, like ready to go break it up because that's his job. Fire so, up. So like when there was that big fight between Austin Rivers and Mobamba. He, you'll see, he's he's out there breaking up. Like he gets up and goes. And so I asked him actually at the day, at the day after that. I go, with that incident happen? I go, if Pat Bev was on the team, would it have been different? He goes, nope, just another day, <laughs> just not phased at all. And I'm like, wow, that would be a fun job to have. Who did Mo Bamba? Like, who did he clock? Uh, he, uh, him and uh, Rivers got into it. Oh yeah, that's right. He, I, he Rivers went up to the bench, I think, because they were drawing back and forth. Then all of a sudden, Mombamba got up, and then they just started going at it. Oh, fuck. That was that was a shout out to Lo the barber. He actually, um, my my little brother's football coach was right like right there, basically courtside, like videotaping it. Sent it to me. I popped it up, and it's a that was an intense one, dude. You don't see that a lot in NBA. You no. See it, you see it in NHL. You see it in NHL a lot. Well. You know, you see it in baseball a little bit, but NBA fights there. Yo, that's a, those are some tall guys. Like, I'm down there, and it's like, you, like, have you ever seen, like, how tall some of those NBA players are? No, I couldn't. I can't imagine. It's, you know, long, long-ass arms trying to swing it around, man. You could get, you, it's, that's dangerous, man. Tony's right up in there trying to break that stuff. Yeah, I've never seen anyone over seven foot. Or at least, like, <laughs> you know, like, up in person. But I've yeah. seen people who are, like, six, seven, six, eight, and I'm looking at them, like... <laughs> Holy shit, you are tall. Like, I can't imagine, mm-hmm. you know, like a point guard going against, you know, like guy like Mo Bamba. Yeah. Like that guy's a huge, <laughs> another, that's another level of, you know, mm-hmm. reach. And so, how are you going to beat the shit out of him? Like that doesn't exactly. <laughs> no, I, yeah, Mo Bamba. He's th- those guys. Imagine if NBA, some of the NBA players decided to do MMA. I think someone would be too tall for it, though. Yep. No, I way too be, tall. I think they'd be too tall, and they. It, it wouldn't work out. Their legs would snap from a from a from one leg. Kick, I feel like maybe I mean my, given mine would too because I just I I couldn't handle. A I leg could not check a leg kick. No, that's that's <laughs> way too much I, power. I was I I did a little sparring with my friend Rob. 
back at home and we did very very light kicks and he, he like got me right in the knee like the left knee too and I had a bruise there for like a week and a half and it was swollen and it was tough and those leg kicks are brutal man those are those are those are brutal brutal things to endure but like um segue and kind of into UFC leg kicks you know gotta gotta transition UFC 285 this weekend baby fire up fire up excited. exactly I know you're excited I want to ask you about your picks. We got John Jones with Ciro Gone. Um, and then we got Valentina Shemchenko versus uh, Gross. I don't know her first name. Gra- uh, Alexa. Alexa Gross. And then um, a couple other fights. I don't follow UFC as close as I used to, but I see that Bo Nichols starting us off. Yeah. And, um, on the uh, main card, I, you know, fellow fellow wrestler right there. So what do you think? Who are your picks for for let's just let's go with Jones gone, then uh, Shinshenko Grass, and then we'll go with Nickel and Pickett, um, just to keep it keep it brief. Yeah. Um, so I so I did my picks earlier today. There's yep. this app where you can like go and make your picks and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I did. I, I said John Jones was gonna win by decision. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's just gonna go out and kind of dominate the whole fight. Mm-hmm. He's got the wrestling. He's got the striking. He's definitely got the kicking. I mean, like. Cyril Gaon has not faced an opponent like John Jones before. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's faced Francis Ngannou, who's got crazy power, but yeah. he's never faced a guy that is, you know, well-rounded in every single aspect of fighting. Yeah. Like, that is a guy that, you know, like, you should be training 12 weeks instead of 8 weeks for mm-hmm. your fighting. And I think John Jones could come out and piece, piece him up. And if he comes out and he gets knocked out, I don't know if I would be surprised either because he hasn't been in the cage for mm-hmm. two years. That's what's tough. It's I was thinking about it. I feel like... For some of like the the hardcore MMA fans, it's like for John Jones, it's it's like can be either a win win or a lose lose because if he wins, it's like oh well it's John Jones you know he's he's really good, you know whatever. But then if he loses, it's like oh well, he hasn't been in the cage that long. Yeah. So it's like you know he has I feel like he has nothing to lose going into this fight. No. He's going up a weight class. He is a, he's getting a little like not old old but he is in MMA terms he is getting a little old. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know who my pick is. I'm trying to think. It's hard because, you know, Ciro Gan, he, he did lose to Nganu, but, you know, you never know. Some athletes take losses different. Some of them, you know, they let it determine. Some of them, they use it as a learning point. And who knows, maybe Ciro Gan's coming back just a straight, you know, savage compared to what he was in that Nganu fight. Uh-huh. So that's one thing that I kind of was trying to keep, like, you know, think about. But I'm going to honestly, I'm going to just go with John Jones just because, Every time I bet, bet against him, he always wins. So, but I, but kind of like you said, if he lost, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But he has nothing to lose, and so I, I'm glad he's you know stirring things up in that heavyweight division, considering there's no more Francis Ngato, which is pretty crazy. Oh, what dude. do you think about that? Uh, I mean, God, if I want to be honest, that's kind of a smart move on his part. One, mm-hmm. like he's you know he's been like the likes of Cyril Gan, Stipe mm-hmm. Miocic pieced up both of them and then you know your biggest fight now is john jones yeah and he was going through a bunch of i think like knee surgeries like yeah. his knees were just shot so yeah and with the amount of pay that i mean he's not even getting seven figures for these fights and these are big name fights mm-hmm. and he's a dominant fighter so why would he it makes sense for him not to renew any contract and go out and do something else like yeah. i i could see him doing boxing and fighting like Tyson Fury and making some that. big money fights Maybe. or something like that, mm-hmm. or um, uh, another league PFL. Yep. So you obviously get your standardized contract, but if you win the whole thing, you win a million dollars, right? And he's he made more a million dollars is probably more than he made in, like when he was coming up the ranks. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I don't know, like it's tough. I can see him both in PFL or I can see him. You know, doing big prize fights in boxing, mm-hmm. but I see boxing a little bit more of his way say, path. Probably because of his knees too. Oh know, yeah, so much easier on your on your knees for the most part. Uh, obviously, you don't have to worry about wrestling and whatnot. That PFL, you know, I I have a little little theory about that PFL is interesting because if let's just say Ngannou does go there, and let's say he gets paid like at least a little bit more than what he's getting in UFC. It'd be interesting to see who else goes there because, to my knowledge, I don't know if it's I, I know it was announced a while ago, but isn't Jake Paul technically 
gonna fight Nate Diaz in the PFL. Yeah, well, he did sign a contract. There's and some it, some sort of contract. It's a weird like um, like uh, stipulation. So yeah. like he can obviously do the boxing that he wants, mm-hmm. but like say if he wants an MMA fight, like he's gonna have to fight in PFL. And okay. pro and probably those types of fights. Uh, I don't know if you know Clarissa Shields at all. She's a big time women's boxer, mm-hmm. but she signed a contract. She did a couple MMA fights, so she doesn't yeah. fall under like the PFL regulations for like normal fighters mm-hmm. that you know fight within uh, like whatever the championship is or whatnot. So I think she gets her own type of money, but I'm assuming that. Like, with the amount of pay-per-view buys that they're probably going to get with Jake Paul. If he fights Nate Diaz, which that would be a really cool fight, I wouldn't be surprised that he, you know, gets a significant amount of money. Probably the same amount as what he would probably make in a UFC fight. See, that's what interests me is that, okay, let's just say Nate Diaz goes to PFL. So then there's two, you know, pretty decent names in MMA that are at PFL. Then, obviously, you have Jake Paul, who's going to be... You know, who's a marketing genius, whether you love him or not, who's going to be calling all these fighters, you know, whatever. And so then that leads the question to, you know, with Dana White, maybe, you know, I know there's nothing, no one said this, and only he knows, but maybe kind of considering, you know, hanging it up at the UFC just because he's been doing it. He's grown it. He's done a ton of stuff, made a ton of money. That leads me to ask, do you think more fighters are going to go to the PFL? Because if fighters start to get paid more, which... You know, I'd see, I know that Dana White says, oh, fighters get paid, but then why is it such a big problem? You know, it seems like every month I see some big story about fighters not getting paid. And yeah. I see some story about, oh, no, they do get paid. So it's like, if people go to PFL and PFL, you know, is smart, maybe lets fighters get wear their sponsors on their, mm-hmm. you know, on their shorts and stuff. Are, are we going to see that? Because, I mean, the UFC will always have McGregor, you know, Islam and stuff like that. But I don't know if this, the PFL could be a start of a new... Yeah, I... I don't think it ever surpassed UFC, but it's... I don't know, it's interesting. No, it, it is. It could, if, if, if you know, if Jake you know if Jake Paul's there and you're a UFC fighter that's maybe kind of on their way out, kind of like Nate Diaz that has nothing to lose, you know, whether those fights are, you want to say, the scripted or not, you're still making a lot of money. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. PFL, it really, it's like you're just taking a shot on yourself. Like, mm-hmm. do you believe that you can go out... And win the whole thing and get the million dollars. And that's the biggest prize. Mm-hmm. And the, the fights leading up to that, I'm assuming that these fighters aren't getting paid as yeah. much as UFC fighters per fight. Mm-hmm. But it's because of, you know, obviously the million dollar championship yeah. that you're going to win. But if fighters want to take that chance, especially if you're the top five in the UFC, mm-hmm. you're probably going to have a good shot of winning, you know, the million dollar mm-hmm. championship. Like that's just kind of a given with the amount of talent and the amount of people that you face too. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like you're going, let's say if like I'm the number three ranked fighter, I just fought Israel Adesanya twice Mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, keeping it close with him. Like Israel Adesanya is way better than the rest of the middleweights in uh, the PFL division. That's no question about that. So I'd have, you know, I'm willing to take a shot for myself and, you know, go out and compete for a million dollars and then see what happens. But I don't know. It's, it's weird. You go back to the fighter pay and it's that like, I think they come, know coming into it that they're not going to get paid much is yeah. the amount of wins that you have and the amount of, like, uh, how much, you know, money can you bring in? Like, what's your status? Like, are you popular? You know, like Conor McGregor, like, he started out making, like, $30,000 a fight thir- to show, $30,000 to win. Mm-hmm. And with just the popularity that he gained, that's how he started making so much fucking yep. money. And not everyone can be a Conor McGregor. No. So that's why it's like, well, if, if more people go to the PFL, then, you know, then their ratings go up, then they can pay more. So it'd just be interesting to see kind of what happens. I always think, though, that UFC will be the top, you know, mixed martial arts oh, for organization. Sure. I mean... You get the most eyes and everything, but it's it's interesting to see what's going on over there, and it's a different type of, you know, they got that the tournament bracket, like you said, and the grand prize and everything. So it's it's interesting to see how that how that'll go. But yeah, Dana, I know Dana. He, you may think he's kind of a dumb fuck of like the comments mm-hmm. that he makes and whatnot, because you know he does shit on the fighters, or he mm-hmm. does, you know, um, you know, like, you know he can criticize and do whatever he wants because mm-hmm. he makes the money. He is the guy. Yeah. And he's but the thing is he is a brilliant businessman. Yeah. For him, you know, it sucks for the fighters not getting sponsorships and making money off of that, but that's a big like that's 
very smart on his part because he's taking in all the sponsorship. Yeah. Every commercial that you see, every time John X like this is sponsored by Modelo, he's yeah. making so and much they have money. So many off different sponsors. So many different sponsors. Mm-hmm. You look around the cage, and there's probably ten to twelve different sponsors mm-hmm. sitting. You know on the floor over there, and then especially around cage side as well, around the arenas, mm-hmm. wherever it may be, UFC's got probably 20 to 30 sponsors yeah. lined up for them, and they're just making cash and cash and cash mm-hmm. from it. He's marketed it very well, and I don't dislike Dana White. I just, as I said before too, I used to be very hardcore in the UFC. I kind of just segued out a little bit. Um, I still keep up with it. I'll, you know, I'll still watch fights like, obviously, John Jones and Cyril Gaon, but... I know that um, he, like I said, he's marketed it great. I, I just, it's, to an average fan that doesn't know the, like the real nitty gritty stuff, you always see these headlines and you know, who knows which ones are fake and real about all oh, like, they don't pay, they don't pay the fighters, the fighters don't make jack. And then like I saw something where it's like when you factor in travel, training, you gotta pay your trainers, pay your gym bill and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's like you're not walking away with much. Oh. At least at the start. Now maybe once you get to like uh you know, when you're gonna be at least prelims on like a John Jones fight or maybe you're a um main card person, then maybe yeah, then you're starting to make so- somewhat decent of money, but it's you just I see, you see all these articles and everything. And now that the UFC it's more popular. I think it's more mainstream now. I remember mm-hmm. back twenty nineteen when I was a freshman in college and I got into it my sophomore year of high school because that's when I started wrestling. So I was like, you know, oh, this is pretty cool. And I remember it was like an underground thing. Like, no one watched UFC. If you met someone back in the day that watched UFC, it was, like, amazing. You, like, you know, you'd have to sit there and have a 30-minute conversation mm-hmm. about it because you didn't meet a lot of people. You'd go to B-dubs, you'd watch the fights, and then, like, that's it. And I feel like that's the same thing. I, wa- I, I actually wanted to ask you, too, about wrestling is I feel like, it's with you with UFC and wrestling and everything all getting popular. Do you think wrestling is more? I don't want to say acceptable now, but do you think it's more of like a trend almost? Like it's it's cooler to do now than back then because I remember when I wrestled in high school, it was like people were like, oh, you wrestle like you know like oh that's that's wild. That's like not like weird, but it was always like different. And now I feel like it's like oh, you wrestle like that's badass. Like I want to try that. I think you. I see a lot of people getting into it. I see a lot of stuff online. Like TikToks and stuff of people like promoting like the wrestling day in the lives, which I think is great because it's a great sport. But I feel like, do you think that back then it was a little more? Or now it's more acceptable than it was maybe back then. Yeah, um, it's a good thing you brought that up. Um, if, have you ever seen the movie Vision Quest at all? No. So in the movie Vision Quest, uh, the main character Loudon, he you know he's cutting. I think it's like 28 pounds mm-hmm. to go beat the number one kid in the state. Yeah. But in the like in the final match, the crowd is just packed. And I remember like talking stories with my dad, and you know, you know, even guys that wrestled in high school in the 80s, like high school or high school wrestling. For if you lived in a small town, mm-hmm. high school wrestling was huge. Mm-hmm. Like everyone came in. Like it's like what. Um, hockey is today like yeah. everyone came in gym is packed wrestling was the cool thing back in the day because that was like the only kind of combat sport that you'd hear of yeah. other than boxing but like wrestling was the only accept- accessible thing that you could to watch yeah. you know in person and that's why it became so popular and then you go into the 90s the 2000s and mm-hmm. that's when the sports started kind of trickling it down because there wasn't any really mainstream guys that were big into it other than brock lesnar and yeah. kurt angle who Turn transition into WWE, but mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I think now with guy like the guys of Gable Stevenson, mm-hmm. he probably changed the trajectory of the sport. Him going out there as a twenty year old, you know, winning two national titles, going out there with uh, nine seconds left, scoring four points, mm-hmm. winning an Olympic gold. There's shirts made of him. Yep. He was the biggest thing in the world going out there and winning an Olympic champ, you know, Olympic gold, yep. and then. Um, you know, you flash forward and his last match at the Gophers sold out. Yeah. Me and a couple of my buddies, we went to go watch, you know, the final match of Gable Stevenson in the in the state of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And he go and everything is packed and there was a big show for him and whatnot. Even at the national championships, everyone wanted to watch yeah. Gable Stevenson. You know, go dominate someone. Like it's 
you know, having those guys and Spencer Lee um, tearing his ACL and yeah. him saying, like, oh, excuses are for wusses. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. This guy had no ACLs and he ends up winning the national championship. AJ Ferrari, when he, you know, obviously under his, like, allegations mm-hmm. that he had, you know, not a good thing that he did. But mm-hmm. besides the fact, like, going out there on the mic and he's like, go Cowboys, baby. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's got that personality with him. Like, that's what the sport needs. The sport really doesn't have that. But now you have... Spencer Lee, and then you have uh, RBY, and their styles of wrestling are just so beautiful to watch. And so hopefully that attracts people when it comes, you know, the uh, Division One championships coming up soon. Hopefully that requires a little bit more attention to be like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't, you know, like, I can't even do that. Like, yeah. look at how he's doing a cartwheel and then taking somebody down and yeah. then pinning them. Like, that, those are crazy chains of events, and you never see that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you get to, you know, actually watch that on ESPN, and that's going to be super cool. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the, the UFC being more mainstream. I feel like now that's why they're getting people like Bo Nickel, who this is what his what, – what, is this his second fight in the UFC? This be his, his uh, second – okay. Um, so I mean, had, let's include the ultimate fighter. Okay, yeah, so this will be his fourth fight. Mm-hmm. And how many wrestlers now, and especially if he goes out here and wins on the main card of John Jones and Cyril Gunn, which arguably probably will be the biggest card – He'll fight on unless if he fights on unless if he maybe headlines or whatever that would he be. probably or, will yeah or um, you know fights under McGregor or another oh, yeah. huge name fighter but let's say he goes out here and performs how many college wrestlers are gonna look at that and be like yeah like the way I look at it, like I want to do that and the way I look at it now is like there's no professional wrestling. Like, I mean, I know that they have those, like, wrestling matches at um, MSG, right, to my, to my knowledge. Yep. But I feel like wrestlers now, it's like, after wrestling, it's like, I'm going to go in the MMA. Like, that's, what, that's, the, that's the wrestling NFL right there. Like, when you complete college wrestling and you loved it that much, it's like, well, I already have the hardest part of mixed martial arts down. You know, it, it won't be, it'll be hard, but it won't be as hard as just beginning to learn uh, jiu-jitsu. So I got the ground knowledge and everything. So now I need to just learn boxing and kickboxing, which mm-hmm. is way easier, way um, harder said than done. Yeah. Um, or easier said than done. Wow, I can't believe I messed that up. But <laughs> I, so then that's going to get, that's why I'm thinking it gets more people in the wrestling because the whole reason why I started wrestling in, in high school is because I was like, oh, I want to do mixed martial arts. Never ended up actually doing it. I still, you know, I'll still go to gyms. I'll still box here and there just because I enjoy just, like, competitive, like, combat, you know, light sparring. But how many people now are, is it going to inspire? Like, to the next generation of, of UFC and, and I think even wrestling is going gonna, is gonna to be pretty huge because if you, someone wants to get into it and you're at, in high school and it's, now it's not weird to be a wrestler because not saying it ever was, but I feel like, like I said, it was it was a very daunting thing to do, I think, back in the day. It's a big step to take for mm-hmm. someone who's never done it. And so you're going to do that, and it's like a free, you're, you're getting a free MMA class. And then all of a sudden, you know, oh, well, I want to wrestle in college, and after college, I want to go to the UFC. And do you think that's, like, going to be something you see now? Are we going to see more UFC, or more college wrestlers from all the levels go to the UFC? Now? Yeah, I mean, like, you, John Jones two-time Juco mm-hmm. champ, um, Aljamain Sterling. He was a D3 All-American. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a lot of the UFC champions or even the top dogs in the UFC, mm-hmm. their their main background, wrestling. Mm-hmm. Habib, uh, Islam Makachev. Mm-hmm. These guys are devoted to wrestling, and that's why they're so dominant is because that is, I mean, personally, unbiased opinion, a little bit of bias, I'm not going to yeah. lie, but wrestling is probably the hardest skill to learn because I there's so, so many well. attributes that go along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you you know, you take somebody down, like, that is a lot of fucking work to take someone down. And if you get up from it, you're gassed. That's, you're so that's, gassed. That's, I don't care who you are. It's the, just... That's and, how it is. you know, the people who are listening or whatnot, who's never, you know, watched wrestling, but when a guy is on, you know, when a guy is to- on top of you, just punching you and like putting so much pressure on you, it's not, it's so mentally and physically draining just to be underneath. It's like you're getting drowned underwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, there's a quote from another wrestling movie, Win Win. And so this kid comes in uh, yeah. to the, you know, the wrestling uh, team or whatnot. And they're like, how the hell did you do that move? And he's like, well, every time I'm underneath, I just think someone is coming in and grabbing my neck and trying to drown me. Mm-hmm. And I got to do whatever the fuck it takes to get out mm-hmm. from the bottom. And so that, but that's the mentality you got to have. But it's so mentally draining and physically draining just to get out from that. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. you get taken down once, 
you're gassed. Taking someone down is hard. I've Taking been, someone down is gassed, gets you gassed too. I've been going in the wrestling room a little bit and been doing a, a circuit where I, I just, because uh, I don't like doing just running cardio. It's tough on my knees. So I've been going in the wrestling room and I'll, I'll do some shadow boxing for the first three minutes. And then after that, I'll do um, wrestling with those dummies. Mm-hmm. I, I tried the 120 pound one and I was like, wow, like, I was a little tough, so I've been using the 70-pound one. And I, even then, after that, like, I'll just, you know, do little shots. They're not really too worried about form, just trying to get my cardio up, set yeah. up. And it's like, you know, even, like, doing a suplex on a 70-pound dummy is, like, unless if you've done it a trillion times, it's it's hard. It's, yeah. it's, it's a different, it's a different, you know, type of movement. And then, like you said, when you're – and that's on a dummy. That's not someone who you're – you know, another human being that knows defense, that, you know, knows how to, you know, do reversals and stuff like that. And it's, it's a, it's a really great sport that I think, I, I feel like it's, it's fun to do. It's a very fun thing to do, you know, just for fun, but also too, like, as far as doing it just at the collegiate level and at, at a professional level like UFC, it's just, it's a, it's a different animal that people don't, I think, realize. Yeah. And it's, it's hard, man. It's Dude, hard. and the guys that are so dominant in the UFC right now, like like I said before, like they're wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, like if 10, 15 years down the road, I am, I w- would not be surprised, and I hope to see that mm-hmm. all the UFC champions that are there are wrestlers because that is again one of the hardest sports. You you're a wrestler, you go up against a kickboxer. Yeah. You might not be well sounded in. Uh, boxing and kickboxing and whatnot, but if they can't defend a shot, you can just take them down exactly. and then ground and pound mm-hmm. all day and all night, and that's how you go beat them. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to knock them out, but if you dominated them for three rounds, mm-hmm. you're still getting your hand raised. You're still moving yeah. up in the ranks. Well, you do know a little bit of jujitsu too. Then all of a sudden, or grappling, you just choke them out. You know? Yeah. Like it's it's. Uh, I think that the first thing you need to learn as a mixed martial artist. Now, I'm not a pro by any means. This is just from what I've observed is the wrestling's the biggest that I think boxing. Yeah. And then after that it all kind of falls into place. Yep. Yeah. Well kickboxing I should say because you know, when I like I said when I spar my friend Rob, shout out to Rob, you know, we'll do a couple rounds just boxing and that's my forte because that's what I that's what I did. I I've been like doing boxing on and off just not competing, just hitting pads, hitting heavy bag, doing a little sparring at some gyms long like for since my junior year of high school. So I have an idea, you know, and so I go up against my friend Rob, who, who's uh, Muay Thai, and he's he's really good at kicking. He's he's gotten a lot better at boxing, and so we'll just do boxing rounds, and I'm doing pretty well. And as soon as you have the kicking going on, I'm like, oh my god! He throws one kick, I throw both my hands down the block, and then boom, get pieced up because uh-huh. I'm not it's not used to it, you know. Yeah. And so I think it, it'd be wrestling. Then you gotta learn kickboxing. The kicks, man, you gotta learn. Cause those leg kicks are so deadly. You see how how like the toll it takes on people, dude. Yeah. And then everything else, then probably be grappling and all the other crazy stuff. Yeah. That if I was young in high school, I'd be you know wrestling and I'd be learning some kickboxing if I wanted to like go into UFC and then everything else just kind of would fill in from there. Maybe. You ever seen any Muay Thai fights at all? I've I've tapped in a little bit, but I don't know any fighters. But I've seen those things are intense, man. They're just they're going. At <laughs> they're it. so cool. Yeah, I've, I mean I don't know any fighters either, but yeah, they go they go balls to the wall mm-hmm. for three minutes around, and they are throwing kicks, knees, elbows, mm-hmm. punches. Like they're crazy fast, and their training is insane too. Like uh, I seen this video of a guy from Thailand because obviously that's where Muay Thai mm-hmm. is originated from, and he's kicking like bamboo trees down, so his shins can like. Go yeah. down to literally bone so it doesn't hurt. So they has no scar tissue at all so that when they do get leg kicked or when they throw a kick, that they're not, like, suffering any damage off of that. That is insane. I, I remember Tony Ferguson doing those back in the day <laughs> and everything like that. Um, I've Also, too, I wanted to ask you, so we, we, we segued off, but I want to draw you back into this quick. So you got John Jones, so what about... Valentina Shevchenko and Grasso. Holy shit, we did segue yeah, that we for did. a while. That's all right. We did, we did from the wrestling part too, but that's, that's all right. It's a podcast. I feel like that's a know? point of the podcast, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I, Valentina Shevchenko, mm-hmm. she is a, she's such a fucking dog. Mm-hmm. I, she's like so quick with everything. Her leg kicks are so deadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the her kicking uh, Jessica I in the face and her just being stiff as a board and, and then mm-hmm. her doing her emo like Russian dance yeah, is just so that, fucking funny to watch. Insane. But no, she's gonna dominate. I I'm thinking round one, she'll go out there peace grasso for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then round two is that when she ends the fight. No doubt. What do you got? I don't really know much about uh, Grasso, but I'm going to say Valentina Simshenko because I feel like I feel like for women's UFC, when when you're a dominant fighter, like you don't see them fall that much until like like it's really a fluky thing. Like when Amanda Nunez lost, she, oh, she, yeah. remember when she lost and it was like holy shit, she lost, and then they had the rematch and she won, right? Oh, she dominated. Yeah, that's Pena. what I mean. So I think like like Simshenko, she 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 works hard. I think she's. She's gonna win. I mean, yep, I'd agree. I don't really have much more of a reason other than she's just she's a demon, you know. She's good. What I, about Neil and Rack Rackham? I don't know how to say his last name. Oh no! Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You gotta uh, include the other fights. Yeah, no. Just uh, go through the whole main card. I know Jeff Neil. It's crazy because Jeff Neil just uh, recently he uh, KO'd uh, Vincent Luque, and that was the first time he's anyone has knocked out Vincent Luque. Really? So he's got some hands. He's fucking good, but. Uh, um, the other fighter, yeah, I can't say his name, but 16 or 17 and all, I think that's wow. what his record is. Okay. And he has, fin- I think he's finished all 17 fights. So I was thinking like a round two knockout, because it'd be a three round mm-hmm. fight, but. So you'll I- have Rock, I'm just going to say Rock, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Sha- yeah, is this like Shavad or something? Yeah, I think that's his like first that. name. Yeah. That's who I got. I'm just going to, I've never seen any of these two fights. So I'm just going to choose him. and go. I'm gonna take, yep. your, take your word for it. <laughs> what about um? What about uh? Who's this guy here? Is it Gamrot? And yeah, then Gamrot who else? First Turner. Oh, um, yeah, uh, Gamrot. Uh, Turner. From what I hear, he's uh like a last minute replacement. Yeah. So he probably wasn't training intensely, so he's definitely gonna be gassed. But I bet he's gonna give uh Gamrot a run for his money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Gamrot goes out and dominates. He's got great wrestling too, and that's mm-hmm. obviously gonna trump over everything. So, and then the last one was Bo Nickel and Jamie Pickett, right? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I feel like that's an easy one, mm-hmm. Bo Nickel. Yeah, go with Bo Nickel. Dude, yeah. I wonder, I got to know what the fight odds are to that fight specifically because when he fought um, in the Contender Series or whatever, it was like a, I think it was like he was a negative 4,000. Really? Negative 4,000, like, favorite to go win that fight and goes out and beats him in a minute. Like, I, I wonder what the, I, the odds are to that fight being his first UFC fight. Ben, it was a pleasure to have you Dude, on. Dude, thanks here. for having of me course, on. Of course, man. Thanks yeah. for coming on. You want to tell the people where they can, you know, follow you, reach you, you know, whatnot? I don't know. If you're interested, go follow, uh, is it like Ben.Gilbertson91 for yeah. Instagram. I post a lot of, like, wrestling pictures, but I feel like, I don't know, if I, like, if I were to do some content, it would be, like, training videos sure, or whatnot. Man. There's not a lot of wrestling, like, content creators out there, I feel like. No. Your Instagram, Ben.Gilbertson91. Yeah. Awesome, Ben. It was good to have you on. Yeah, thank you. Questions don't stop. They keep going. You can lose your life, but it's going to keep going. Why not risk life when it's going to keep going? When you die, somebody else was born. But at least we got to say we... Brothers with